In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let us kneel. Come and save us, O Lord our God. Come and help us with all the force of thy grace. Be quick to deliver us from evil. Be not angry, O Lord. Remember no more our iniquities. Come and save us, O Lord our God. Alleluia. O wisdom, come and teach us the way of prudence. O Adonai and leader of the house of Israel, come and with an outstretched arm redeem us. O root of Jesse, come and deliver us and tarry not. O key of David, come and bring the prisoner forth from the prison house. O dayspring, son of justice, come and enlighten them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. O king of the Gentiles, come and deliver mankind. O Emmanuel, our King and Lawgiver, come to save us, O Lord our God. Eternal Father, I offer to Thine honor and glory for my eternal salvation and for the salvation of the whole world, the mystery of the birth of our divine Redeemer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And let us pray in preparation for Christmas. Blessed be the hour and the moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in piercing cold. In that hour vouchsafe, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and His Blessed Mother. Amen. Today is the third Sunday of Advent and I once again remind you of what I said on the first Sunday of Advent two weeks ago, that we begin this new year of grace with four great truths about Jesus Christ. One cannot believe in Christ and be faithful to Him apart from these great truths. And these truths should have a an effect, a very real and daily effect on how we live our lives because we believe them. The first one, Jesus will come with great power and majesty to judge the living and the dead. Every single soul that lives, that has lived, that will live, shall be judged. Number two, Jesus will come to judge me At the moment of my death, I will have to give an account of all my words, actions, thoughts, omissions. And number three, Jesus comes to me with his grace today. Again, remember all of these great truths about our Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus comes to me with his grace today especially at Holy Mass in Holy Communion. And number four, Jesus came in the flesh to save us. This obviously is what we celebrate on Christmas Day. He came to save us, therefore He is your Savior. He is my Savior. And He is our Savior because He loves us. 
He came 2,000 years ago to save us because He loves us. This is why today the third Sunday of Advent is called the Sunday of Rejoicing. Gaudete Sunday. Rejoice. Because more than anything else, what motivates us to rejoice as Catholics is that, in fact, that fourth truth, Jesus came to save us. And He comes to save us. Really the third truth. Jesus comes to save us. So, rejoice. There couldn't be any greater motive for joy than the fact that the very Son of God comes to save us. To save us poor sinners. And He comes to save us because He loves us. So, Love Him in return. This is what we do when we prepare well for His coming. We're loving Him in return. We are preparing to give Him a good welcome in our hearts and in our lives. Really the best welcome and really the only welcome that He deserves is for Him to truly be the King of our hearts and the King of our lives. That He may rule, that He may reign in my mind, in my will, in my heart, in my body. Christ the King. Not that long ago, a child under 10 years old told me the following, and this was about the time we're living right now, Advent and Christmas. So the child told me, My mother is going to be very busy baking cookies and making eggnog. Now, I ask everyone, please really think seriously about this. Because it represents something much larger. It's a simple statement by a small child. But... It really, I think, reveals a lot about who we are and what we're doing and what we need to change. Because again, it's clear that for this small child, this is certainly something important because the mother is giving time and placing emphasis on it. And in all of this, note that this is a child who is coming to Mass on Sunday. It's a child that's coming to Mass on Sunday. A child that presumably is praying. You know, praying at least some in the morning and, you know, in the evening. We have to ask ourselves, and again, this is so important that you examine your life, that you examine your mind. What is Christmas really? What is Christmas really and what is Advent? Because what happens is we begin to form our ideas and we begin to form our habits and our customs from a very small age, from our childhood. And if that continues to be reinforced over time, every day, every month, every year, that really becomes very, I mean, that becomes very strong and that becomes who we are. And that becomes the way of how we live and how we also live these times of Advent and Christmas. 
And the reason why this morning I also tell you this about a small child is again to kind of emphasize to you how deeply rooted in each one of us are a lot of attitudes that don't really reflect the truth about what is Christmas really, what is Advent really. And we have allowed, we've truly allowed the secular world to completely overrun us and govern the way that we act and the way that we think. We'll take this as an example. At the very beginning of Advent, I told you, and I've just repeated it, the four great truths about our Savior Jesus Christ that should really be dominating our thinking as we prepare for Christmas. And again, not just as we prepare for Christmas, but really throughout the entire year. This is why we begin the church year in this way. So ask yourself, we now begin the third week of Advent. We've already begun the final nine days of preparation for Christmas. Yesterday was that first day of the final nine days. Ask yourself, how much time and how much effort and how much seriousness have I given to these great truths? That Jesus will come in glory. He will come with great power and majesty to judge the living and the dead. I promise you that the more that you reflect on this truth, the less you're going to be worried about about all the things of this world that are passing by. Do I have a lot of clothes? Do I have a lot of material things? Does this person have more than I do? Who's eating more cookies? Who's buying more things? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Who's got nicer decorations? We want to have nice decorations here, but always the more important point is the one we're hammering home right now here. That all of these things, one begins to realize, what does this matter when what ultimately is going to matter is the account of my life that I'm going to give to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I know, I know with a certainty that He is coming to judge me. I've got to be ready. This is why God has given us this season of Advent. This is why He gives us the season of Christmas. To really fill us with joy to know Jesus Christ truly was born to save us. I've got to do my best to love Him in return. I have to do my best to love Him and to serve Him. That's ultimately what matters. That's what I'm going to be judged on. And if you have not spent very much time or made very much of an effort up until now in Advent, considering these truths, Jesus is going to come to judge me at the moment of my death. Is it really that big of a tragedy if I'm a little bit sick or if I'm not sick or if this person doesn't like me or you know all these other things that you know we're always worried about? Very important also. Jesus comes today. How much have we been reflecting on in heaven? Jesus comes today in the Holy, in Holy Mass, especially in Holy Communion. How have I been preparing to receive Him? If we have not been doing this thus far in Advent, why not? 
I propose to you that one of the main reasons why not is because for a long time, many of us, even from the time that we were small children, we learned incorrectly cookies, gifts, Santa Claus, presents, eggnog, family gatherings. And we didn't learn as small children, Jesus is coming. Yes, it's His birth, but He's also coming. He's coming at the end of your life and He's coming at the end of time. Prepare yourself. Be ready. He loves you. Love Him in return. Spend your life, spend your effort serving Him. Especially for the parents whose children are young, but even for those who have you know, children and grandchildren. We have to really make efforts. And again, really, the, the main effort here is one's example. It's not so much words, it's one's example. We have to make efforts to instill in the little ones and also in ourselves what Christmas really is about and what Advent is really about because then what's happening is we're really living a lie. We're living Advent and Christmas based on something that is not what our faith teaches, not what our Savior Jesus Christ asks of us. On numerous occasions, and I'm sure I'll do it on numerous occasions in the future, but on numerous occasions I've mentioned to you sometimes just in passing, other times maybe more in depth. But I've often mentioned about how today there's a grave, grave crisis in the Catholic Church. Well, there certainly is. Of that there is no question. And certainly that grave crisis begins in many ways at the very top of the Church's hierarchy. But it's extremely important that we place more focus on ourselves, always. At the root of this crisis, in many ways, is really just secularization. The fact that the Catholic faith, in the minds and hearts of so many Catholics, has become very secular. It's no longer Catholic, it's a very worldly view. This is what we have to be concerned about on how this has affected us. And this, I think, is... Again, why I mentioned to you this small child, because I think it kind of, and in a way it represents that. It represents a secular view. When all is said and done, cookies and eggnog have nothing to do with Christmas. They have nothing to do with Advent. They have nothing to do with the fact that we're going to be judged. And yet, there's so many that that's the way we think. That's the way so many of us have been thinking from the time that we were small. And so what we have to do is, it's not going to go away in one day. I'm certain of that. And of that, I mean, I know that. I can see it in myself and I see it in the faithful. The faithful continue to do what they've always done, even if it's going contrary to what Christmas is and what Advent is. The minimum that I hope you do is that you begin to take steps. That you begin to take a first step in faith to righten the course. In the words of St. John the Baptist, Advent words, to make straight the way of the Lord. There's so many crooked paths in our lives and definitely a lot of crooked paths in our world. Paths that are not leading to heaven, that are not leading to a good judgment or a happy death where I will be ready to give an account of my life. Take a small step and you can take those small steps. It requires faith. It will require effort, but you can take those small steps. Some of those small steps are in the days leading up to Christmas. Come to Mass. 
know in faith that it isn't just that Jesus came 2,000 years ago. Remember that third truth. Jesus comes today in Holy Mass, in Holy Communion. Are you prepared? I've said to you this in the past, but again, please consider this very seriously. Every Catholic should always be examining his or her life in that when he or she comes to Mass, am I prepared to receive my Lord and my God in Holy Communion? And am I ready to give Him a heart that will belong entirely to Him? How pure is my love for Him? Again, it isn't just a question of receiving Holy Communion out of habit. It's a question of trying to receive Him as worthily as you can. And here's where Advent helps a lot. We think about our Blessed Mother. We think about St. Joseph. We think about how they were growing in preparation, growing in joy, growing in anticipation when baby Jesus is about to be born. How more and more their focus is on that. Everything else is secondary. And really, it's preparing to receive Holy Communion at Mass that should be, in a way, putting us in that mode and little by little that changing, again, those crooked paths that maybe have existed again in our lives since we were small children. Come to Holy Mass, something small step. Come to the Posadas. Read from the Holy Gospels, something that you can do in your home. Read from Matthew's Gospel, from St. Luke and St. Matthew chapters 1 and 2, each one. That's very simple to remember. St. Luke chapters 1 and 2, St. Matthew chapters 1 and 2. Right there you have the basically the whole narrative of, of Christmas. Basically, let's just say of Christmas, of the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. Every day during the Posadas, I'm reading a small passage from the Gospels and it's taken from there. Either Luke 1 or 2 or Matthew chapters 1 and 2. Yesterday, the first day of the Posadas, I read from Luke chapter 1. And another suggestion about a small step that you can take. Everybody can do this. If you do it, it will make a difference. It might not make a difference immediately, but in the long run, it will make a difference. With God, nothing is impossible. And God's grace always works. We just have to put our two cents. But it has to do with this. Some of you know that I, somewhat regularly, I will record videos for the Fatima Center. And questions are asked. So this is called an, you know, ask father. So questions are asked and then, you know, the priest will answer the questions. So just recently I recorded one and you're hearing this first because this actually won't be put out until Christmas Day. I think the plan is to put this video for Christmas Day. But the question was whether Jesus was born in a cave or a stable and what is the significance? So the answer is that in a way it's kind of both. I mean really the answer is in a cave. Pretty much all of our ancient tradition, again, sacred scripture does not give an answer, does not say specifically where Jesus was born. It just says that he was laid in a manger. But pretty much our entire traditions point to Jesus being born in a cave. Now, you can also say in a way a stable because more likely than not that cave that he was born in was also used as a shelter for animals. So that's also where you have kind of like the idea of the stable. But... I mention this just very quickly right now because the fact that our Lord was born in a cave has a lot of significance. One, 
of the, I think, very likely significances of it is, think just for a moment of this. Silence, prayer, recollection, and being kind of away from the world, hidden away from the world. The cave suggests all of these things. Silence, prayer, recollection, being away, hidden away from the world. Any little step that we can make in this direction will help to prepare for Christmas, will also prepare to help us for all of the comings of our Savior Jesus Christ. Even if we just set aside five minutes every morning leading up to Christmas, and we just place ourselves in an environment of silence. Take a few moments to reflect on maybe one of these, you know, some of these verses from Matthew chapter 1 and 2, Luke chapter 1 and 2. Or even just ask yourself, what is Christmas really about? How am I truly preparing in a good Catholic way for Christmas? St. Augustine says, quote, Christ came on earth that men might know how much God loves them. Close quote. St. Alphonsus Liguori, he says the same thing when he prays, quote, O most amiable and sweet infant Jesus, although I behold thee so poor and lying on straw, yet I confess and adore thee as my Lord and Creator. I know what it was that reduced thee to so miserable a state. It was the love that thou didst bear me. This is what we should be thinking about as Christmas approaches. We should be thinking about everything that baby Jesus chose to endure. Because He loves us. The more we think about this, the more we are going to be astounded and moved by the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Same thing goes for Mary and Joseph. These are also days when we make an effort to think about everything that Mary and Joseph are experiencing, also the sufferings that they endure leading up to the birth of our Savior. But all of this because of their love for our Lord and Savior, and also their love for us. St. Alphonsus Liguori tells us, Jesus has come to show the immense love which God bears us. Jesus has given Himself entirely to us by abandoning Himself to all the pains of this life and afterwards to the scourges, to the thorns and to all the sorrows and insults which He suffered in His passion and by offering Himself to die, abandoned by all, on the infamous tree of the cross. And here we see a very beautiful pattern. I guess you can call it a pattern. It's this. That really if we look at three, we can basically say we look at three things in the life of our Savior Jesus Christ. And these are the ones that most speak to us of His infinite love for us. And that's number one, His birth. And that's why it's so important that as Christmas approaches, and obviously also during the Christmas season, that we as Catholics reflect on baby Jesus in the manger. 
what He chose to do for us. What He chose to endure for us. The other one, St. Alphonsus Liguori, he, we just heard him tell us, that He gives Himself entirely to us. He abandons Himself to all the pains of this life. He gives Himself to the scourges, to the thorns, to His passion and death. Again, an immense sign of His infinite love for us. Everything that our Lord suffered, He suffered for us, for our salvation, so that we can get to heaven, so that we can overcome sin, so that we can return love to Him as He has loved us and as He loves us. And the third one, not to be forgotten, because again, it's connected with that third truth about Jesus Christ. It's connected to the Holy Eucharist. St. Alphonsus Liguori, among others, he talks about how it was not enough for our Lord. Even being born and even already shedding His blood eight days after He's born on His circumcision, even everything that He suffers as a tender child, all of that is not enough for Him. He chose to suffer and die. And even that's not enough for Him. He chooses to remain with us always in the Holy Eucharist. Notice how all of these are connected because it's very much connected Christmas, Jesus being born in Bethlehem with Jesus present in Holy Communion. He came 2,000 years ago to save us. He comes today to save us in Holy Communion. That's probably the greatest spiritual significance of Jesus being born in a manger. And that we have in sacred scripture. Well, I'm not born in a manger. He was placed in a manger. You know, after he's born, he's placed in a manger. But again, that manger, that's where the animals came to eat. Obviously, poverty, it's showing us the poverty, the humiliation of baby Jesus, the extent to which he's going because he loves us. But it's telling us that he's born to also be our food, food for our soul, the Holy Eucharist. I mean, can't be any clearer for those who really have faith and those who are really also meditating the, the Christmas mystery with faith. St. Alphonsus Liguori says, Jesus Christ could have saved us without dying on the cross and without suffering. One drop of His blood would be sufficient for our redemption. Even a prayer offered to His eternal Father would be sufficient because on account of His divinity, His prayer would be of infinite value and would therefore be sufficient for the salvation of the world. But what was sufficient for the redemption was not sufficient for love. Everything that baby Jesus endures, everything that our Lord endures in His passion and death, everything involved with His giving of Himself in the Holy Eucharist, these are all the great signs of His love. I want to conclude right now by just mentioning to you a tiny little prayer, a part of a prayer that can be prayed in preparation for Holy Communion. Because again, note the connection here between Holy Communion, Christmas, again, everything that baby Jesus suffers for out of love for us, and everything that our Lord suffers out of love for us in His passion and death. 
Corpus Christi, sálvame. That's one of the invocations from the prayer Anima Christi. Hopefully many of you know that prayer. It's a very good prayer that you can pray, you know, for example, after Holy Communion. But anyway, Corpus Christi, sálvame. Body of Christ, save me. Baby Jesus is born with a body. He wills to take on a human body. Why? To save us. Body of Christ, save me. It's something that would be very appropriate to pray on Christmas Day, even before, but on Christmas Day, as I'm there before the manger, or as I'm coming up to kiss baby Jesus. Body of Christ, save me. Before being born, again, I'm saying born, but obviously also when he's in his mother's womb, before the incarnation, he doesn't have a body. He's the divine word. Body of Christ, save me. So again, this being prayed in preparation for Holy Communion. Obviously, hopefully you can see the connection with the pious Catholic who's preparing for Holy Communion or after Holy Communion is praying, Body of Christ, save me. That's what's happening when I receive the Body of Christ in Holy Communion. Body of Christ, save me. O most adorable body of my Jesus, scourged, crucified, and buried through love for me. That's what he does in his passion. You can kind of just change it a little bit for Christmas. You could say, O most adorable body of my baby Jesus, suffering from the cold, suffering in the poverty and in the prickly, St. Alphonsus talks about the prickly hay. O most adorable body of my Jesus, scourged, crucified, and buried through love of me, but now seated in glory at the right hand of the Most High. Sanctify all my senses, I beseech thee that they may become instruments of thy glory. You're basically praying for great graces to come to you, great graces of salvation from His precious body. That's why He's born on Christmas Day. That's what He's doing in His passion and death. That's why He's giving Himself to us in Holy Communion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.